0: Welcome to another edition of Reptile Fight Club. With me as always, Chuck Poland. What's up everybody? How you been, man? Good, dude. Good. good,
1: busy. Good. Yeah, ready ready for the weekend. I'm long Excellent. week. So Yeah. How about you?
0: Yeah, yeah, good. Good. Just uh Heidi started work up at Utah State, so it's been nice to have her up uh up on campus with me and doing eating, lunch, you know, lunch, do dates. lunch together. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Got cool. a got a new book to check out. So uh the secret life so social lives, secret social lives of reptiles. So I'm excited to dive into that this weekend. Just got nice. that today. So kind of fun. Yeah, the the library is ever increasing, but that's that's the, good. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Um,
1: well, uh, you you and our guest today both have extensive <laughs> yeah. extensive libraries. So
0: definitely, yeah, we're yeah. we're seeing that right behind him now. So yeah, yeah I guess without further ado, we'll bring on Mister Scott Iper, the one, yeah. and the only. <laughs> How's it going, Scott? Good.
2: I've actually um, I've ordered that book that you just picked up, uh, yeah. Justin. So you mm-hmm. know I, I purchased that about three months ago. I still haven't so bloody seen it yet. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be a ripper though.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I'm I'm excited to dive into it. Yeah, Eric had it on our last uh West Texas trip. So that's I, I'd seen it, but yeah, I kind of flipped through it. I'm like, yeah, I better pick this up. Um good stuff. Yeah. Well, you've got quite the extensive library. do you have that's, a, that's only about half of it. <laughs> yeah, right. <No>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um that's awesome.
2: I'm I'm kinda lucky in that, you know, my, my wife is um she's obviously into herps as well and mm-hmm. you know, it's the fact that we're both into herbs means that you know justifying money on on reptile books isn't isn't so hard to yeah. <laughs> to, to get across the yeah. line sometimes.
0: <laughs> That's great. We we're actually going to have we we've invited some people on to talk about that. You know, spouses that are. Either both into herbs or one's in herbs, one not. Kind of the pros and cons of that scenario. Like, yeah, you how know? that works out because so. that could be very dangerous if right. you're both into herbs. You know, yeah. <laughs> you could wind up uh, yeah in, in trouble in some ways. But
2: yeah. Yeah. I can I, I can only see that ending in tears. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> indeed, uh, that, well, that would be one that if I called you, if you called me out on that, I'd be uh, politely declined. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the that's the first uh response we get like maybe let me let me check out your podcast see if if that might work i don't want once people mull it trouble. over in their head <laughs> yeah. a little
1: bit they're like you know gotta take a take a soft pass on this
2: exactly oh. what, well what is it? You, so you've got to. Yeah, um, okay take into consideration the, the win out of this, whether there's a win yeah, or not. That's right. Exactly. I think, I
1: think the word is, the, the phrase is happy wife, happy life. I live <laughs> some, by Something life. to that, if I, yeah, of, of course. We all do. We all <laughs> die and live by that. That's, that's a statement.
2: Yeah.
0: No, <laughs> so. for sure.
2: Yeah. Anyway.
0: Well, um, yeah, we, we've brought you on here to talk about taxonomy. So we, we've yeah. kind of had some... Uh, differing views. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we have, I don't know. That's why we're bringing you here to hash it out a little and see where we fall. Um, We're going to be talking, I guess, mainly around, you know, carpet Python taxonomy to some extent, you know, what, what, uh, where they fit in, how they kind of are related to each other and, and uh, go from there. So um, we will uh, have the coin toss here. So we'll, Uh, (laughs) we,
2: we, with this go coin ahead. toss, I'm going to learn yeah. from everybody else, right? And I need Chuck yeah. to tell me what he's going to go with. <laughs> we were actually uh, flipping I will, the- call,
1: I will <laughs> call this in the air, Scott, and you can just take the
2: reverse the yeah yeah that's what yeah. I'm saying that's what I'm going to that's all what right. we are going to go with so it's you all on you Chuck if this goes to shit <laughs> yeah that's right
1: it always goes to shit and it's always on me anyway so Scott we're we're in this for the penny and the pound it's, it's all right but, it's all, it's all, it's all yeah. good
0: value anyway well <laughs> actually I, I, I gotta say this before the podcast Chuck and I were chatting and we and I flipped the coin five times the first two went to me This the last three went to Chuck so it looks like I'm only good on the first toss so if we it's the law um, of so. statistical Averages. So yeah.
1: listen, you might want to uh you might want to work this best two out of three, Scott. Is all I'm saying. On, uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> all right. We, no, we, no, we're not going to change policy. All right, mid- all right, all right, all right. Here we're going one. Right. Okay, so, so, just, so call this is a deer. I guess Head. Chuck's on it. So you're going with tails, Scott? Yeah, 100. <laughs> and it is
2: tails. <laughs> ah!
1: see what I do for you, bro. You see That's
2: what I hilarious. do. Chuck, we've got it sorted, mate. This is how to work. Listen. You can take me
1: to Vegas as long as you don't listen to what I say. Just do the opposite of what I say. I'll make you a rich man.
2: Mate, if I go to Vegas, I'm going to be out chasing rattlesnakes. I'm not going to be able.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, that that's giving your money away if you're you're hanging out in the casinos.
2: Yeah, I already give my money away. It's
1: called hurt books. (laughs) Yeah, I see that.
0: Yeah, I was I was really looking
2: forward to you making it over for the Herpeton. It's a shame that uh, the wires had to interrupt. Um, Yeah, when things all get sort of sorted out again, um, I want to talk to uh, Alan Rapashi and say, "Hey, listen," because you know the people that don't know Alan Rapashi and Philip Devoejele sort of put on the Herpeton conference and. You know, I, yeah. we can't wait to sort of go, but when we do, when we do eventually get over the stage, we're going to talk to Alan about it and say, "Hey, what's coming up? What can we do?" And then maybe we can do something with, with him on one of his tables at one of the shows or something like that, and at least try and, you know, give some bang for the buck, so to speak. Yeah, and, and yeah. Try and do yeah. the best we can. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the way the travel thing were, we couldn't get refunds, and we couldn't do this, and we couldn't uh, do that, and it was just all bullshit. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What do you do? Mess around the world. That's for sure. (laughs) There's a lot of people that have suffered COVID a hell of a lot worse than us. We haven't, none of our friends have have passed. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, we've got to put it in perspective and understand that this is a global issue and that Mm -hmm. it is what it is. Yeah, I just just
1: got an email about a a coworker mm -hmm. that I used to work with back in the day when I was at my job, the first time and he just passed away from covid complications which mm. uh, it's horrible he's a great guy so yeah. it sucks it sucks there's, Yeah,
2: there's been some few there's been a few herpes that are passed as well and you know particularly in mm-hmm. the states and you you sit there and you know you don't really know them you know a lot of, a lot yeah. of us don't really know a lot of these people but you know both of them or you heard their name before or whatever and it's it does bring it it does bring it home and mm-hmm. you know the yeah. the media is is it, Excellent at, at sort of hyping things up and and making things out, mm-hmm. things out to be sort of worse than what it is. I mean. So something about Australia's Americans have stride up against Australians being invaded by their government or something like that. Yeah, this, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. so
0: many. Uh, the right wing over here that think that Australia is under the government's thumb and they can't do anything and they hate it. And yeah, they're they're itching for rebellion. So.
2: Yeah. I think yeah. they're just looking for a fight at the end of the day. Yeah. Um,
0: well, mm-hmm. I mean, we're I think we, we take the the overhyped media to say, oh, it's not really a big deal. And then we kind of go the opposite way way which is yeah. not a, a great plan of action either you know just well let it run its course we'll lose you know a good two percent of our population but hey that's the cost of doing business i i don't think i can get on board with that at uh, time,
2: only if you know. you're in if you're not in that uh two percent you know if you're in the ninety-eight yeah. percent uh, yeah yeah.
1: yeah you don't you don't care until it <laughs> until it touches you
2: but, uh, well but yeah have, you know it's dependent. Speaking Speaking of Ooh. touching things, let's let's crack on in regards to <laughs> <of> touching those <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so we so, didn't
1: really decide who's taking what side here.
2: Yeah. You you won the coin. You won here. the coin So you Quintar, get to so decide you to your, side. Pick your side. Well, see, I, 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 I thought about really throwing Justin for a, a loop here and actually making him argue <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> they shouldn't be subspecies
0: that's funny. Cause I thought the same thing <laughs> I was going to have you argue that they should be, but I, I think
2: sucks that Nick being Martin... on the
1: wrong end of the coin toss, doesn't it? But I, but I think,
2: I think Nick Martin would actually have a conniption if that was the case. <laughs> um, so, so let's go with. Um, he doesn't listen. What yeah, who are we kidding? He doesn't so listen to the podcast.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so but people tell him things. So you
2: know, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you, look, let's let's, let's both play to 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 where we traditionally fit, I suppose. Um, sure. And you know, at that point in time, I, I think so. We'll go with it. I'm I'm pro subspecific races for some of the carpet pythons, and mm-hmm. that. Um, you know this is restricted i suppose to, to carpet pythons themselves as well you know rather than saying Rancher that every subspecies should be a race in every su- 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 species that's not what <laughs> yeah. i'm suggesting at all so <laughs> yeah. it's it's yeah. evidence-based approach is what we're looking for sure. okay sure. um sure. Yeah. so yeah so, and so i think ju-
1: justin is going to be what's what then what's the
0: justin argument here justin yeah i, I mean that i i guess the certain ones should be subspecies or there should be a different division or, or uh, subspecies arrangement then I, I, I guess, yeah, that's the hard thing is I, I guess I m- maybe saw it more simplistically as like subspecies <laughs> versus no subspecies or subspecies versus races or however you want to put it, you know, that was kind of, you know, yeah, I, I just,
1: I just want to nail it down. So it's clear, you know, which direction each of you are, yeah. are kind of arguing. Yeah, so it's
2: like, I think that, I think that's pretty clear in that, you know, the, there's subspecies, there's races, and that there's there's species within carpet mm-hmm. pythons. Okay. So mm-hmm. there's not so within the genus Marillia, there's, there's carpet pythons, rusco pythons, green pythons. And within the carpet pythons, then you have some subspecific variation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. but there is also races. And the question then becomes is where does a subspecies begin or a species mm-hmm. begin? and where does a race begin and you know the the problem I suppose and this is where the debate comes in is that species subspecies and race is arbitrary Mm -hmm. all right we're looking at us we're looking at a snapshot of a period of evolutionary uh, evolutionary time and Mm -hmm. we're trying to place these square pegs in round holes and place things in boxes where we want to put them and this is where the the debate comes in. Is where where does something generate its own box, or where does it generate yeah. its own peg, um, uh-huh, or yeah. when should it just be pushed within the realm of that peg? And I suppose yeah. that's where the, the the question is. And this is why yeah. we're always going to see changes in in taxonomic and uh, taxonomic and nomenclature. Mm-hmm. And and suppose that's that's where we're going. And uh, I think that's that's basically where it's at. Would you agree with. Well, that and and,
0: and I, yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I agree with you fully that there, you know, uh, the taxonomy is arbitrary. You know, it depends on who's doing the research, where they draw the lines. There's no clear like um, rules or <laughs> as far as uh, where where you make the cut. So it's it's up to whoever's doing the research. And if they're a lumper, then they're going to spin the research to lump everything together. And if they're a splitter, <laughs> then they're going to split everything apart. So yeah. it's really a difficult topic. And so, I mean, this is obviously, neither of us are taxonomists, so it's kind yeah. of a just a, an exercise in, you know, maybe ex- uh, getting our frustrations out by <laughs> chatting about <laughs> the things we're frustrated about. I don't know. Or, or you know, and and hopefully, you know, we get some, uh, you know, interesting things discussed and and it can be a benefit for the listener but um so i you know i i guess you know I've, I've heard you make some some comments about you know maybe the east coast carpets that's all the same thing you know that just up and down the east coast yep. is all the same thing and i guess that's where i kind of uh have a differing opinion <laughs> and and i yeah. i feel like there's some evidence to support you know what what i'm looking at and um So that's kind of where I'm coming from, I guess, and to to get this thing started. So, so maybe um, I don't know
2: you being the 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 carpet python, you know, writing the book on carpet pythons. Maybe you should give the listeners an overview of what a carpet python is.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, you know, there's there's a, a a group of snakes that we refer to as carpet pythons that would include um, members of the genus Morelia. Now, more specifically, um, three species: Morelia spilota, Morelia bredli, and Morelia imbricata. And so um, those those are the three uh, species that are typically referred to as carpet pythons. Um, Also included in Morelia, as Scott mentioned before, is Morelia viridis and now Morelia azuria, as well as Morelia carinata. I think that's the, that's all that's left after all the other taxonomic revisions that have been done, removing the scrub pythons and own Peliensis and things like that. So, um, so when we're talking carpet pythons, we're talking those three species and, you know, obviously Scott lives in Australia, so he has that nice benefit of being over there and, and, and that's kind of where a lot of my ideas about what carpet pythons are changed is when I visited Australia and, you know, got to see some in the field and kind of got digging a little deeper in the literature. Um, So I I think most of my current thinking uh, revolves around some work that's been done initially by Taylor in his uh, uh, doctoral dissertation and then carried on by uh, Cia Vaglia. I I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but um, her work in kind of continuing on now, this work was done mainly to try to identify different uh, regional, you know, where where an animal originated, so they could prosecute in the case of uh, you know an illegal animal being um, apprehended or somebody you know trying to smuggle animals, so they could find out figure out where that animal came from because obviously um, carpet pythons range up into New Guinea, and so. Um, they're allowed to be legally exported and imported into various countries throughout the world. So it is legal to export Morellia spilota from New Guinea. And so, you know, they can't really necessarily hide it if you can figure out where they came from. So that's kind of why they did that research. So, but, but they did do a very nice sampling, the, probably the biggest sampling that's been done. And, uh. So that's, that's been very helpful in my thinking in regards to how these things kind of shake out. So I'm, I'm basing a lot of my thoughts around their um, genetic work um, to some extent. So the other, the other piece of the puzzle, I guess, is the Atlas of Living Australia that records sightings um, mostly through scientific studies of where carpet pythons were collected. Um, Some others, like iNaturalist, you know, it records different uh, sightings and localities of where different carpet pythons are found in Australia. And so kind of using those together to delineate where we're finding carpet pythons and where there may be gaps in their um, distribution. So I'll let you uh, get a word in here.
2: (laughs) Sorry. um, The the pipe that you're referring to... You know, that was published in Forensic uh, Science, um, used 52 samples um, that encompassed both Marilia and Somalia. Uh, Mm. Now, of that, you know, there was a a swag of stuff from uh, that that looked at the, the, the Scrub Python complex, I suppose. And, you know, mm-hmm. that shows some, some interesting things going on there with King Horny in, in regards to the animals from Tully and the animals from the northern part of the Cape and how they played out with the animals in southern New Guinea. And that was one of the reasons why, um, you know, we retained the use of amethystina in our later snake book was because the, the paper by Chippendale et al. that split King Horny away from amethystina said that the difference was that they don't come into contact with each other uh, and that the Torres Strait Islands were the were the basically the barrier between what is King Horny and, and uh, mm. Amethystina. Yeah. When you get up onto the Torres Strait Islands, there's scrub pythons all across the, the, the Torres Strait Islands. Um, mm-hmm. And like we were just sort of discussing in the pre-show that the Torres Strait Islands have been separated from the Australian Separated from Australia and separated from New Guinea by anywhere between five and eight thousand years. All right. So it's a very, very short amount of time for something to speciate. Um, Mm. And, you know, scrub pythons are a fairly mobile animal, as are carpets, and they tend to move around. Uh, So there's probably not enough time realistically for for those animals to be separated into two species um there's been you know gene flow across the populations and and it's probably the same for a lot of the carpet pythons as well the carpet pythons are uh are animals that do move around in the they they're quite mobile they're quite they're generalist in their habitat they're not specific they're not restricted to one habitat type and they do they do sort of um they're happy enough to breed with with things as well so they'll they will breed carpet pythons, will a diamond will breed with a coastal carpet, you know, if you want to call them coastals, or whether you want to just call them a northern colored version of a of a carpet python. <laughs> so I, I suppose what we need to do is determine what these what carpet pythons are and what uh, what the subspecies are within carpet pythons.
0: Now so a few a few clarifications there. Now when you say um, are you saying that diamonds and coastals or whatever you're calling coastals are separate? They're
2: different. No, or are you saying, well, no, the I'm, same, I'm, same I'm, thing? I'm getting to that? Give me, give me a okay. minute, and I'll, I'll okay, I'll gotcha. Unpack it. I'll let you keep going. <laughs> let me just unpack it for a minute, and then uh-huh. by all uh-huh. means, shoot me down. Um, what we need to do is we need to go back to the original descriptions as to what actually defines those subspecies, okay, or species. Mm-hmm. So in the case of… Wells and Wellington. in yeah. the ca- yeah, So in the case of McDowell, McDowell was described as a full species, all right, mm-hmm. okay, on the basis that it doesn't look like variegata. Now, mm-hmm. its location that it occurs… Is from northern New South Wales, northern eastern New South Wales, into North Queensland. It does not occur in New Guinea. There's no comment to suggest that it occurs in New Guinea. Yeah. When you read the description, the redescription of Verigata in that same paper, it only occurs in the Northern Territory. So the animals in PNG don't occur there according to that paper. All right. Mm-hmm. They also don't occur in the Kimberley according to that paper either. So, you need mm-hmm. to then go back and make a determination about whether, what where these animals from the Kimberley fit in and where these animals from PNG fit in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Likewise with Shane Eye, uh, which a lot of people call Cheney, it's it's Shane, it's named after a person named Shane. Um, mm-hmm. In regards to Shaney, you know, they're restricted to the Ath- Atherton Tablelands. That was the extent of the description. All right, mm-hmm. it was a, a mm-hmm. contrasting colored carpet python from the atherton table land. That's the mm-hmm. distinction. Now the atherton table Lands where that occurs in occurs within the distribution of what they called McDowell. So mm-hmm. you've got shaneye and McDowell that aren't separated from each other. They used images in other papers to suggest this is how to tell them apart. And they made reference to, to type specimens. Um, in the case of McCarthy, it was described from a head alone. It didn't have a body mm-hmm. from the Warren Bungles, uh, mm-hmm. and yet they described other specimens and said that this is, there's a pattern difference between them and McDowell. So while taxonomy has changed a hell of a lot over the last, uh, last couple of hundred years, um, <laughs> yeah. it, it does make it quite difficult to ascertain what these things are. the original Mm -hmm. descriptions and so there's been a lot of uh inference and a lot of questioning about what what is defines a uh, murray darling carpet a coastal carpet a jungle carpet python or a top-end carpet Mm -hmm. and really the first publication that really sort of spelled it out quite well was barker and barker in 1994. they provided Mm -hmm photos they provided the original descriptions and then they made it they made their distinctions based on what they thought um at that point in after you get to that point what starts to happen is then people start to use use these things called genetics to then start uh looking at the differences between different populations from a genetic point of view uh mm-hmm. and it's been shown and demonstrated that there's not a lot of support for all of the subspecies as they're originally described, and that uh, the carpet pythons from the south coast, inclusive of, of diamond pythons, which are the type species, coming straight up across the uh, the eastern eastern seaboard, up into north Queensland, and then across. There's very, very little gene gene description differences between the carpet pythons, with the exception of inland carpets. Inland carpets have got uh, some genetic distinction to them, and there's a bit of structuring there. And um, when you say there's there's little, what what are you what studies are you basing that on? There was on? a I'm trying to remember the percentile. I think it was out of Rawlings. That it was like one or two percent.
0: Rawlings. Them. I mean they. They There's didn't really three. I mean they just used a couple specimens, right? That's yep. I guess that's my thing, is a lot of the analysis only uses one or two specimens. So I mean they did show Rawlings, I think was showed uh, Morellius Morelli versus More- Morellius Spilota Variegata. Um they had those two separated out. Was it was it Rawlings? I believe that that was the paper. Or Reynolds. More than been Reynolds. Sure. I think you think it yeah. was the Reynolds paper. It is Reynolds, yep.
2: So when you look at the paper from uh Clavaglia, Clavaglia. C- I'm, I'm butchering C- that name yeah, so we can both put yeah. it together. When you look at that page sounded um, good to me. Um <laughs> the interesting part is is there's some there's some fairly good support for Imbricata and Bretoloi mm-hmm. a yeah. I should say. Um and the sister tax of a is diamond pythons. Yeah
0: okay? and they're and they're very close From on Tilba the genetic and, analysis. and Gosford, right? Gosford yeah.
2: Um then you have the animals from the southern New Southern New Guinea onto the, onto area, Cape yeah. York. Cape York. They yeah. sit there with uh, the animals from Darwin, northern, northern just northern the North, northern, Cape York.
0: North, northern Cape York, right? Not not the whole of Cape York, but more down to Cape the, Cape Trib. Yeah.
2: So they're coming down a pretty far way. Cape Tribulation's only you
0: know McElwraith and
2: well Cape Tribulation's I mean, only only. Um, Seventy kilometers, uh, one hundred and fifty kilometers north of Cairns.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
2: not that. It's not that far north. It's a pretty. It goes down a fair way. Um, but,
0: but the Cape, but the Cape Trib. They don't they fit up further up because all I'm seeing grouped with the Darwin and the PNG was Macarthurayes ranges.
2: Uh, go to page three hundred two if you're looking at the paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All
0: right.
2: Um, but anyway. Oh. Um, if we then look at go further up you've got animals from Kapara, now capara in new south wales is uh northeast of Taree, which mm-hmm. is down near gloucester which is really close to to sydney uh, yeah. you know we're talking a couple hundred kilometers away from the type locality of, of where spilota is probably originated from mm-hmm. um and they sit uh, with the animals from McCarthy sitting within that group, so you've got these animals from Mackay, Townsville, and Tully that mm-hmm. sit in between the animals from southeastern and the southeastern Australian inland carpets versus the the far western, northeastern type South Australian, Western yeah. Queensland, the not what. Sort of people, the reddish orange, McCarthy, yeah, I suppose. The uh,
0: Flinders and Gammons ranges yeah. group. Or so they north. those
2: two sort of sit. So then it becomes a little bit sort of convoluted. Mm-hmm. Does the animal <laughs> the, the animals from Mackay, Townsville, and Tully are a inland carpets?
0: No, I I guess that's my, my thoughts on this is because I see these, these splits and separations and it tells me that they're different. Like they're not the same. I mean, they, they have an independent grouping, right? I mean, just like your, your, uh, the, the, the Northern territory, New Guinea stuff is, is not. You know, it's it's grouped together in a nice little grouping, just like the diamonds and the Bradley and and all these. Other. I guess that's what I'm looking at when I say there's some structure here, and because they fit in between these things, suggests Good. to me that that means they're they're in, in separate look, or independent. how shallow
2: or, those nodes are.
0: Yeah, and then that's I guess that's where my my um, failure. At, understanding taxonomy comes in because i i guess i just look at the groupings and see that of of course the stuff from townsville Mackay, and Tully are not the same as the stuff from the center of australia you know over by closer to bredley than to any other carpets you know
2: well the ones Um, the ones that are closest to bredley are diamond pythons
0: yeah yeah according to this the dog, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I, I guess that's that's kind of the so where maybe for- maybe the the genetics doesn't go all the way, right? It can give you an idea of how things piece out and how things structure out, but genetics isn't everything, right? No, I mean, I, I think you'd agree with that, so um
2: it's a it good indicating a place
0: wise. to start right it gives you a place to start yeah. and i guess taking those um uh, uh, you know obviously the 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 northern territory png cape york stuff that's kind of a a nice little package right they mm-hmm. all fit in nicely genetically to to one another and, and and you know they're fairly somewhat diverse from the other groups uh, it, it, you know according to <laughs> my eyes. I don't know if that means anything. And I keep meaning to talk to Warren Booth to try to get some insight into how this stuff shakes out, you know, genetics wise. But when I look at other things, other factors like biogeographical barriers, right. That uh, uh the Gulf of Carpentaria, right. That, that barrier there that's, that separates out those uh, Northern territory carpets from pretty much anything on the East coast. There's no gene flow between what we'd typically call a Darwin carpet and anything on, you know, on the East coast.
2: But they there's used to there's, be there's no, there's sea. no
0: yeah. 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 The
2: Gulf of Carpentaria used to be an inland sea. And, and, and so, so had,
0: I, I guess what I'm saying is that, that the only gene flow that occurred was probably between PNG or, and, and the, and the southern area. side of the Gulf. Yeah. And so, and that was separated more than you know so the so the cape york stuff and the png stuff that was more recent but the darwin uh new guinea split happened further back right and and you can kind of see that to some extent because you've got your melville island darwin uh connor kind of a little subgroup you know whatever you'd call that versus your uh cape trib merauke and port moresby grouping so um, and that
2: that lineage.
0: yeah, and that fits with you kind know? of what you would expect based on where they're at now, and and that's all we're looking at as a as a snapshot. So, would you say they're all the same? I mean, they're closer related than to to each other than anything else, but they've been split for ten thousand years. How how long do you need to kind of form a a subspecies or a species. And, <laughs> well, you know, it depends, ten thousand know? years
2: is pretty good, and this, and
0: that's an the interesting
2: part, isn't it? you you've yeah. got, I suppose, you need to s- convincingly work out what is what species concept you're going to go with. You know, yeah, whether it's exactly. a biological species concept, a phylogenetic <laughs> species concept, mm-hmm. or, or whatever, and and each one of those have got different arbitrary rules as yeah. yeah. to what is what. Um, and, and where
0: a ball python and a woma python, arguably the most basal and the most derived pythons, can interbreed and and produce fertile offspring, you know that's kind of a an indication that the biological species concept doesn't quite fit well with uh, with reptiles, you know, with pythons, um, you know. So we. Well, I suppose, so I guess.
2: Mm-hmm, go ahead. I suppose the other thing that's to be considered as well is that this paper is used two two genes as well. They use cytochrome B yeah. and N D six, I believe. Mm-hmm.
0: So you know, be a lot clear. a lot
2: of the newer genetics work and not and you know, as, as we've both said, we're not geneticists, <laughs> so we're probably butchering this completely. Um but my understanding is is that you need to have more genes, more genes, the better resolution, mm-hmm. the better understanding of what you're getting out of. Having a single yeah. gene or a couple of genes can lead you down a path of uh down an arbitrary path that isn't necessarily accurate. So mm-hmm. we, we need mm-hmm. to keep that into consideration. Um the the other point that I would I would like to make in that
0: Oh, before you move on to another point, I, I along with that, right? I think you get gene jockeys that do their analysis and they show some split, and they go, "Oh, there it is. That's the split," and they go with that, even though the the biogeo- biogeography or the just you know species that fit together nicely, you know, and share a lot of yeah. different traits and and share, um, they're they're put into separate. You know genera, even sometimes. You, you know the recent paper on Ganyosoma and some of that, some of the issues with that. Where really you're gonna you're gonna split those up, even though they are basically the same snake. <laughs> but then um, you
2: have great you papers know. too, like that one that just came out recently um, in regards to green pythons that that split. Mm-hmm. Azuria and Viridus. And they did quite and, a deep dive on the genetics, right? And partitioned yeah. Azuria into what I think it was a three subspecies, yeah. I think. Which was um, a little
0: su- surprising for Donalan because he seems to not like subspecies.
2: Yeah, <laughs> He's well, always kind of been a
0: good subspecies, but I'm not yeah, sure. it was interesting I'm, to I'm see him. Sure. Describe well, Steve's,
2: Steve's published some <laughs> papers recently using subspecies. He's yeah. paper on Helioporus australis. Um, <laughs> yeah. Helioporus ereliarcus was split into to two subspecies rather than two yeah. species, and, 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 and yeah. you know other papers
0: like the depressa complex where you know we we get four or five you know four different species out of the what was formerly Gurnia depressa. Yeah. You know that's and and most people who knew about those species knew that that was the thing you know that yeah. was the
2: case and yeah. so and, not not really surprising you know cunningham skinks and there's a there's a whole swag of stuff that everybody is, yeah. is pretty well well aware that there's some speciation or something going on there that mm-hmm. just hasn't been sort of pushed out and yeah. you know I, I think in in fairness you know this this paper that we, we we're referring to with regards to the the carpet pythons we need to also take into account that that they have left them and retained them as Spelota Mm -hmm. in this this particular paper Uh, and that they said that Brattleoi was distinct and they said that Imbricata was distinct as a subspecies. Um, Now, uh, a number of people have then taken... I suppose taking a different view of that you guys were sort of the first guys uh, with the exception of wells and wellington to apply a full species to imbricata which is something i agree with and i think the mm-hmm. genetics from that paper fairly clearly demonstrates that that is is a yeah. good decision as well and so you where know, we maintained the use of imbricata as a full species as we did with However, the rest, there seems to be a lot of gene flow between those two populations. Now, looking at carpet pythons here in Australia, the, when you're looking at a carpet python from the northeast coast of New South Wales, it's a, a slow climb down to a diamond python and it's a slow climb to a coastal carpet python. And you have all of these animals over about a 350-odd kilometre uh, location that all look a bit like with this or a bit like that and then it's the mm. same thing when you get into north queensland when it comes to jungle carpet pythons now you look at jungle carpet pythons jungle carpet pythons to me appear to be a a the phenotype that we call jungle carpet pythons tends to be a python that lives in rainforest. A carpet mm-hmm. python that lives with rainforest, but yeah. they remain small. All right. They don't mm-hmm. seem to be too large. And the reason, you know, the, the, the thought process I have in regards to why they remain small is that scrub pythons outcompete carpet mm-hmm. pythons in the rainforest. So, scrub yeah. pythons are this big, large animal that uh, occupies the top tier snake predator within the rainforest. And mm-hmm. so, the carpet pythons occupy a smaller niche for a second-tier predator, all right? Now, when yeah. you get out onto the drier locations in North Queensland where the carpet pythons do better than scrub pythons, mm-hmm. all right, you start to get the big, big carpet pythons again, okay? Yeah. Now, yeah. if you go to a place called Trumbit Pops, which mm-hmm. is uh, inland southeast from a place called Calliope down near... Uh, about 400 kilometres north of Brisbane, mm-hmm. the carpet pythons that you get in the gorges of kermit tops are tiny, mm-hmm. small, highly uh, highly contrasting carpet pythons because yeah. a strongly contrasting carpet python is an animal that effectively camouflages in dappled light. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you have something that's all a solid colour, it's not going to it's not going to sort of live a very long time, I suppose, because there's things out there that'll eat them and that dappled light sort of help. So mm-hmm. it would seem that the jungle carpet pythons or what we call jungle carpet pythons, that phenotype is repeated where you have rainforest. Yeah.
0: And, and I think um, honestly, that's kind of what changed my thinking in regards to jungle carpets was seeing um, a, a carpet python on mount glorious yeah. or, or you know kind of heading up there and i mean it you know it had the same bold pattern black and yellow as you would expect from a jungle carpet um so you know i i can see that shared phenotype based on habitat and i think we see that um fairly consistently but now and okay. that's i mean that kind of that could be a um somewhat of a a false equivalency if you're if you're only going by phenotype or you're only going by genotype you know you could say well they they look the same so they're the same thing you know then and and green trees look very similar to each other but they're very you know diverse and you know we've got two
2: species and you know to continue that on because i only got it goes to the measure though right sorry what was that
1: it goes to the measure i mean what are your measures for for what you're you're like obviously like like carpet pythons, you know jungle carpet pythons. They they have a, a food partitioning. They're they're niche food partitioned with scrub pythons, right? But they're still the same thing genetically, yep. right? That's kind of what we're saying. So it, it's not a difference really. It's it's a it's a it's it's where they fit in in, in the habitat that they occupy, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: I, w- I wouldn't say they're genetically different from the the coastal carpets that you find further west um in that area, but you so. know. So, okay. so Scott can so, proceed with his point there.
2: Yeah, sorry. So to sorry. continue up the so we've continued from yeah. the southern southern part of the range and we've gone gone further north. Now mm-hmm. in Australia, it's the you know the southern hemisphere is obviously the, the the opposite to the northern hemisphere. The further north you go, the the, the warmer it becomes. Okay, yeah. so we've gone from animals that live that are dark in color, really dark in colour, basically to absorb sunlight. And as you go further north they become consistently lighter. And so you go from an animal that's, that's almost all black with, with yellow spots or white spots in a diamond python, as you go further north and you get up to uh, Savannah, into the Savannah country of, of northern Cape York Peninsula and then across under the Gulf across to the Northern Territory and then into to WA, you're, the carpet pythons are living in Savannah for the most part. And so mm-hmm. they're pale, yellow, orange, red whites and they're relatively small um but they basically occupy this this color this this they've got this northern coloration form i suppose if you will and you see that Mm. on cape york you see those animals from you know archer river as far down as as cooktown um Mm. these these carpet pythons are, cool, you know, the animals around black. They're
0: indistinguishable from, a, from what you would call a Darwin carpet, you know, yeah. or, or, a, or a from New or Guinea.
2: A, or what do they call You can't call them I, IJs anymore, can you? Um, <laughs> we're calling them New Guinea carpets. In the New, New Guinea New carpets, carpets, Papua New Guinea New Guinea
0: is the island, you know. Whatever. And they're found on New Guinea. So that's, but what, did, I, that's what I'm going
2: with. But they were found in Australia as well. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. found on Cape York Peninsula. They, they look identical. Yeah. They don't look any different. So to, to suggest that there are different, different taxoners, you know, not I don't yeah, yeah. accurate. Um, I mean, we, re- we definitely reject Harrisonae. In in the... <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose basically across the northeast of, of Australia and then down the east coast, um, you have one highly ranging species. And it's, it's probably the best way to describe it is what people use the concept of a ring species or a ring species concept. Mm-hmm. So a ring yeah. species concept, if do you, do you know what a ring species concept is or, or not? Yeah. Yeah. So, you so know from birds or mainly or show,
0: uh, from uh, salamanders in California, where they show, you know, there's the species migrate around a barrier, you know, be it a, a high mountain top or something like that, as they move around the barrier and eventually come back in contact with Kind of the population that started, um, the population that ends and the population that started can't breed with each other, but they can kind of breed with populations around the ring.
2: Correct. And so essentially what we're looking at in carpet pythons is we're looking at a ring that's two thirds of the way around in mm-hmm. that it, it runs across the top of Australia into southern New Guinea or across Saul we want to use Seoul mm-hmm. is probably a better descriptor because at the end of the day, the, the, the seas are only there now as opposed to when <laughs> they're originally there. Across the southern part of Seoul and then down the east coast of Australia. And mm-hmm. so, yes, the, the carpet pythons at Eden or Malacoota mm-hmm. or, or Can River, i.e. diamond pythons, look radically different to the animals from the top end. Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting that they don't, and I'm not understand I'm not suggesting that there wouldn't be a little bit of genetic divergence between those two populations. Sure, but at the end of the day, there's there is an explanation as to why they look so different. Now, mm-hmm. as a, as an example for that, we look at something that has a distribution that almost identically marries carpet pythons, that we don't have much of an argument in regards to, whether or not they should be a whole heap of different species, is blue-tongued skinks. Mm-hmm. The legal has almost an identical distribution range. to carpet pythons. Yeah. Yeah. And yet we do not see any subspecies that are widely recognised within coides as opposed with the exception of Evanescence from the key islands in New Guinea that was described by Shea, and intermediate but where intermediate start and stop is also Mm -hmm. a really weird amalgamation and it tends to happen in in far north queensland Mm -hmm. so you would think that animals that live in similar habitats that have similar pressures would probably evolve at a similar rate and i I struggle to tell the difference between carpet pythons across a lot of much of northeastern New South Wales through to Queensland and be able to confidently assign an animal to that location.
0: Mm-hmm. And, so I, I, you know, I I, I agree with you in, in a lot of respects here, and I think you know that's that's a um, good line of thinking, and that yeah, they all came from a, a common ancestor. Now I guess the the idea is as as they move, and you know, obviously, Imbricata and and Brett Lee kind of got stuck yep. or, or I, uh, marooned. Right. And, and I was talking to Nick about this and he was talking about, you know, the last glacial maximum. And he was, he told me like, you know, just because there was, um, more land showing that doesn't necessarily mean that Australia was wetter. Australia was actually drier during the last glacial maximum than it is now. And so, they were perhaps more isolated and, and allowed to kind of be on an, a different evolutionary trajectory. Um, and, 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 you know, species moving around, you know, I, I wanted to, you, you mentioned that earlier and I wanted to kind of hit on that a little bit. Now carpet pythons tend to kind of move along rivers and through trees and, and, and they're, that's a very integral uh, habitat for carpet pythons in mm-hmm. general. Um, is, is tree lined water courses. Now where the water courses flow um, will depend on where the trees are. And so it makes sense that, you know, trees and carpet pythons go hand in hand. And so if you've got a river that was once flowing one way, kind of like the, um, I I was listening to a, a Researcher, he was talking. It was on the Aussie Wildlife Show, talking about inland carpet pythons and mm-hmm. his his research there. And there was a, a river that used to flow between the, you know, the the area, the Gammons and Flinders, that area down into um, what's that? Uh, so that was the Dormant- the
2: Diamond River used to flow down through yeah through that area, and then That's before. The and then that would flow into the darling around Cunnamulla, mm-hmm. and yeah. it it then flows from the darling then joins around I think it's in western new south wales around caney where mm-hmm. it joins into the Murray. So
0: and so that, that was that 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 flow was disrupted or altered in some way and and it kind of stopped that flow, right? So yeah. you've got a, a marooning maybe of those carpet pythons that are up north of of um you know in the gammon ranges and, yep. and north up there so um and you know i i think that that is the the heart of this i guess is is how long do you need to be separated, and how long do you need to be marooned to to become another species? And how deep do the divergences? I mean, what we're looking at is a snapshot, right? And that could that could all change. Also, you know, there's some. I I got to thinking about human interference. I mean, when people populate an area, they generally plant trees, which would allow carpets to maybe flow across areas that previous to that they they don't flow. Right. In the first edition of the carpet book, we talked a lot about the Black Mountain Corridor and that uh, biogeographical barrier there and that some indication of uh, genetic analysis of carpets above and below the Black Mountain Corridor um, have, you know, differences or they, they show some some separation. And um, so, you know, extending that to other barriers throughout Australia um, could you know, play a play a role in telling the story of how carpets, you know, got to where they are and how um, they're isolated from different populations that may be close. Now there are some. Um, so there's there's also a, a biogeographical barrier called the Lara Basin uh, biogeographical barrier that's up kind of uh, below Cohen kind of where mm-hmm. you know below the McElwraith and Iron Range is there and yep. it's a, it's a fairly broad uh barrier and it's and it's a barrier not just to reptiles but also to you know mammals and other things right. and so you see yeah exactly you see you see separation of things above and below that and that kind of seems where you know there's there's a there's a dearth of records of carpet pythons within that area. You don't you see you know maybe a 150 kilometer gap in in records um, in that area. Now that's not a very highly sampled area, I'd say, and it's not easy to get around in there. There's very limited roads and things like that, so it's hard to say you know if that's the true vision of it but there's a collection bias
2: to areas that are easily yeah. located like, mm-hmm. easily accessible exactly. exactly. so did, you know, did you say dirt
0: did you say dirt what is it. a dirt i am no. not familiar with dirt a, a lack or a low you know amount uh, yeah. All right. see folks i learned something today <laughs> there we go <laughs> <Hopefully> <laughs> sorry you <laughs> learned more than just the definition. no i know i was just oh, I, was okay. being, I was being <laughs> facetious. Yeah. but yeah. um so anyway you know there's there's all these biogeographical barriers. And wouldn't you know it, they correspond with the breaks that Sea of Aglia is showing. And it corresponds to some extent with what we would call this or that or the other, um, you know, the, the animals in the iron range or, or, you know, that look like Darwin carpets and the animals in PNG that look very similar to those. Specifically, they all fit they don't. genetically
2: together. Hang on a second. What? We can't, uh-huh. we can't say that because they specifically don't do that. What do you if, mean? If you're saying that, that the, the the range at Cohen splits the animals from uh, the animals that are south of that, right? Mm-hmm. Then Cape Tribulation is well and truly south of Cohen. Meraki and Port Moresby is well and, and Micklewraith is well and truly north of Cohen. Yeah. So that gap does I not mean, work.
0: I mean, maybe not not completely or wholesale, you know, but there there is uh, they're kind of maybe. Um, fitting somewhat intermediately, I you know, it's, it's, it's not a, like a, not a, a distinct line that says, here's, here's where it is. And there could be some, some flow that occurred uh, at some point. You we're know, not I'm talking about, about a line we're
2: talking about yeah. you know, in that, in that particular yeah, case, we're talking area. about 800 yeah. kilometers, uh-huh. pretty big area that we're, we're talking. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess,
0: I mean, the, the, the concept though of, of these biogeographical barriers, Corresponding somewhat to the breaks. Now, the 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 Sea of Aglia group actually extends that below, you know, Cohen and down into uh, down to the Black Mountain Corridor. So they say everything north of the Black Mountain Corridor, including New Guinea and Darwin, kind of group together and they're um, genetically similar. Um, Yeah, and and so I guess, yeah, yeah. So then, then, also, what about the animals? What about the animals south of that? So if they're different from, from you know, between up north of the Black Mountain Corridor and south of Black Mountain Corridor, what are we calling those? So, there's, so, so, there's, so in my so within, mind,
2: within yeah. coastal carpets, though, they've got six samples in that paper that are south yeah. of the Black Mountain Corridor, right? You have four of them, or th- sorry, three of them. So Mackay, Townsville and Tully. Mm-hmm. They sit in between the two populations of what we're talking And we that's where I'm going. United. Yeah. And yeah, then but... they have two samples, mm-hmm. right? In yeah. being Kapira and Brisbane that fit yeah. within coastals. Yeah.
0: And that's where two I'm samples. going with that. So 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 you've got, yeah, I mean it's not a great sampling, and, and but it does line up nicely with with different biogeographical barriers, right? So, so if you go mean, south of
1: the I mean none of that sampling's it, it, awesome, right? Like we're not, it, it, we're, not it, it, talking, we're not talking we're not talking about definitive well, well, numbers. You, of when sampling. you talk about
0: awesome sampling, like not, no papers really have awesome. Right. Sampling, that's, yeah right? that's what I'm saying so that's the, what that's, I'm saying. It, it gives you
1: some it gives you some indication but it's not there's no you know you, you to to rely you know the, the, the sampling is anecdotal almost.
0: Not not better necessarily than, better I mean, than better than nothing,
1: but certainly not conclusive to anything. Yeah, I wouldn't, and I, I I wouldn't suppose, say it's
0: anecdotal.
2: And that, That's where I'm I'm sort of going with it is that yeah. the sampling is better than is much better than nothing, but at the same time, if we use McDowell as McDowell is is currently thought of being, right? We can only argue about what we can argue about at the moment, Justin. Sure, so let's sure. let's go, yeah. go with that, right? Uh, if we use, no, I'll go there. If we use McDowell as it is at the moment, mm-hmm. it sits within both McCarthy and mm-hmm. uh, and Verigata. So Verigata, mm-hmm. McCarthy and... Uh, McDowell all of those things are the same thing according to the genetics on this paper. Unless you were to, to dive down,
0: um, and split them yeah, a different or, way or split them different way. And that's right. kind of what I'm, my, I'm arguing is that the way they split them doesn't make any sense. And I think we're in agreement there because that's kind of what you just said, you know, and, and I would agree. And, and the, so, um, you know, the, the thinking that I've got going now and, you know, who, who knows, uh, it is that you you go on the genetics you go on the biogeography and then you can go on you know phenotype to a lesser extent um yep. carpet pythons are highly variable and so you know like we were talking about you can see something that looks just like a jungle you know very very far away from where you would find a jungle and so a lot of uh i i think carpets in their uh you know Common ancestor probably had, you know, a a wide variety of looks. And so depending on where they're living, they can kind of adapt and and blend in and and develop a certain phenotype based on which ones don't get picked off and which ones go on to breed, you know, because they blend in better with their backgrounds. A a dark black and yellow snake blends in better in the dappled light of the forest, whereas a straw colored brown snake blends in better with, you know, drier savannah
2: type and
1: and you probably have environmental factors like you know temperature and things like that at play as well which will affect how they they color to maybe absorb or or not absorb you know thermal insulation better or or worse like i think there's a lot of a lot of things
2: going on there yeah 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 Yeah. so I, i suppose i suppose too because there is all of this these things going on and it does seem to be a little bit arbitrary about the way we selected this stuff this is where we utilize something out of birds as mm-hmm. opposed to and, and bird people use this a lot as you know you're I'm not a birdo by any special <laughs> imagination <They're, you> know <laughs> avian reptiles are not my thing um, <laughs> however you know they they have a this beautiful thing that they refer to as races and races mm. are a, are an interesting concept in that it's an an intraspecific category that sits below a subspecies that allows somebody to take a geographical variant or a phenotype Mm -hmm. and apply uh, a name to it okay now it doesn't it's not a taxonomic name it doesn't have any nomenclature standing but it allows people to clearly define a particular race or a particular phenotype all right so in the case Mm -hmm. of you know when we relate that back to reptile husbandry that allows people to have a race of of carpet pythons that is highly contrasting and it might be black and white or black and yellow and they happen to live in the rainforest okay so that would be you know we we call them jungle carpers now Mm -hmm. the three of us have all got an idea in our heads of what a jungle carpet python looks like (laughs) all right yeah (laughs) but to actually quantify what that That carpet might look what that looks like, and why that jungle looks like this, but that coastal that has a similar pattern, and if you were to write it down, describes almost identically, Mm -hmm. doesn't fit. Yeah. And so this is where the term race is actually a nice way to to use it. And that is why we use the term race in the book as opposed to using a nomenclatural point when the genetics obviously needs more work, all right, <laughs> yeah. when the defin- when the specific dem- definitions via the descriptions of those particular species has a lot of inference. And so because mm-hmm. it couldn't clearly be understood genetically and it couldn't clearly be understood from a, uh, a nomenclature point of view as the, de- as the descri- descriptions, we then opted to go with race. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we threw another thing in the mix, which sort of confused people <laughs> in a little bit and a few people off, I suppose. But at the same well, time, it does fit quite well. And it's the same well, thing. You can apply that to blue tongues yeah. as well. You can go, yeah. oh, that's a blue tongue from east of the Great Dividing Range from the southern part of this range. That's a northeast mm. Queensland blue tongue. That's a blue mm. tongue from, from region. Here. Yeah. Or you can do that with shingleback skinks, or you can do mm. that with Cunningham skinks. You can do that with all of these things. And you can actually maintain Captive populations. we have uh, she- uh, Cunningham mm-hmm. skins. We have Sydney sandstone form. We have granite belt animals. We have. We used to have the woodland forms. We used to have the southern Victorian forms. And we used to keep yeah. them all separate. They're all Cunningham skins. Yeah. Some of them have got subspecies. Some of them have got names that have been applied to them that haven't been accepted by the wider community. But mm-hmm. we get them as separate ESUs or races. And and this
1: is something, Scott, that you would say, like, like we are into like locality uh, animals Uh, here. Right. And so for us, like maybe what you're saying is a race has much more applicability than a locality would. Yeah. Yep, yeah, correct. So but now, now if somebody
0: yeah. hates jungles, do you get to call them a racist? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, that was horrible. That was a that dad was joke. Right? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was that was not even uh, the greatest yeah, dad joke applies. ever. <laughs> but I, I suppose though, let, let's yeah. let's use that with with scrub pythons, right? And you know, we can we can use that with scrubbies and say, you know, we're going to go the the animals from Yamdina in the key island group versus the animals from Tananbar, even though they're both Nauta, you may want to retain those and keep those either as localities or keep them as races. It might be that this is the Tananbar race or this is the the um, uh, the Yemdina race or, you know, your green pythons from Iron Range versus the animals from the, the port of M- Meraki. Um or or whatever so you can you can do that you can keep that partitioning but you're not then making an assumption as to whether they should be different species or not and we see that a lot in in children's pythons and spotted pythons and stimson's pythons um mount carbine cape york <laughs> you you see where i'm going with this you know the the pygmy oh, band yeah. the, the pygmy but band i, I would is, say
0: those pygmy band is there's not much uh doubt in my mind there's something different than a <laughs> stimsons or a spotted or a children's i mean yeah yeah scale count wise
2: morphologically you know but in the interim until until something's published by using a race applying a race or applying applying a race gives a little bit more (coughs) excuse me applies a little bit more sort of structure i suppose to just the locality
0: yeah. And, and I mean, I think that's what this, this is, is, uh, you know, circling around is how do you structure it? And, and what we're saying is what is biologically significant, right? And, and if you're, if you identify something that's biologically significant, um, then you apply a term to that animal, be it race or subspecies or whatnot. And so I think, you know, the, the current, construction of what we think of as as a grouping like say mcdalli is is off and it probably could div- be divided into several different yep. subspecies races whatever you want to call them um and and you know depending on who's doing the work gets to decide if they're a subspecies or a race or a species or whatever you know if we go by wells and wellington we've got uh eye and and uh mcdalli and and metcalfi but you know based on the current best information yeah exactly and and i i'd go back to um maybe you know in regards to diamonds being something somewhat different if you if you go back to the sea of aglia data they're grouped with Bradley, right so So you're thinking Bradley? well i I, i'm i'm not saying that they're Bradley, and there is a, a fairly you know a a node between the two they're they're separated by by something right and and so i'm just saying that indicates that their genetics are quite a bit different than the other why didn't they group with the coastals? you know why didn't they group with the things that we think they're the same as (laughs) or you you, think they're the same as (laughs) because they
2: potentially use two two they only use two genes
0: two two regions right so that yeah they used uh parts parts of two different genes yeah so um yeah and 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 would a would a different analysis show a completely different thing yeah. probably potentially yeah. yeah and and i mean you can look at you can look at thousands of genes that would put them identical with everything else but it's the genes that change quickly and the gene that maybe offer more insight into what's going on now i, I think diamonds have have um, evolved in, into different uh, niches or nippers. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you caught that from one of our last episodes, but where a Nipper threw such a fit about the way people said niche that uh, we, yeah, we niche to call renamed it a some nipper. people say niche yeah yep. we
1: niche niche is niche. now a nipper it's we're it's just calling it, it. A it's nipper. done it's
0: done <laughs> yeah so <laughs> so anyway um you know you can have a cup of tea and
2: harden up. tell him to back yeah. off. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: so so you know they're, they've they uh diverged enough um you know in 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 the way that they live you know and the the cold tolerance or whatnot and um, their, their phenotype, um, pattern is, is fairly unique among carpets. You don't see that uh, in different, uh, localities or, or, races. And so, you know, and there, there, um, there have been historically biogeographical barriers between the areas where diamonds are found and, and the rest of the carpets. And also the fact that there is an intergrade zone, you know, where you do see kind of a, uh, intermediate form between diamonds and coastals where, you know, they come into contact tells me that, you know, that's probably something different or something, you know, at, at least the, the McDowell eye or whatever subspecies is different in that regard um, rather than just a race. But
2: So I, I, I don't quite follow, I, I don't understand mm-hmm. where, you're, where you're going with that. The, If if Mm -hmm. if diamond pythons were different to McDowell, you should not see any gene flow between those two populations.
0: See, that's where I disagree. I think that's we're applying different species concepts. I I think that there can be gene flow between separate species. And and I'd go back to saying, you know, womas and ball pythons can breed and produce offspring. The Uh, womas and ball
2: pythons naturally don't come in contact with each other either. That's
0: true. That's true. So then you say they
2: you know, to, to suggest that because womers and ball pythons can be put in a box together and breed. No, the, the point is that
0: um, just because an animal can breed with each other doesn't make it the same species, is what I'm saying. So just because a coastal and a diamond can breed together doesn't mean it's the same species. Just because gene flow occurs doesn't make it the same species. There can be hybrids and intergrades um yeah. I, you know of naturally occurring species and and well-documented species
2: but they need to maintain still some level of partitioning within that space and i
0: think they do i mean you only see those integrates within a certain area in in australia you told me how how wide is that so, so Sorry, 150 so, so,
2: kilometers 500 kilometers
1: <laughs> so with that idea of of northern ranging coastals and southern ranging uh you know diamonds being something different than those intergrade zone, you know, uh, diamond kind of coastal whatever's. Is that is that kind of what you're saying Justin? Is that uh,
0: is that kind of the, the gist? Yeah, that there that there is an intergrade zone or whatever is is kind of the point of that, I but, guess. But
1: but but that that clearly those that you know that that Eye and Spilota Spilota have complete gene flow, right? But, and they have an integrate zone, but are we saying that, that in, you know, the Northern range of coastals and the Southern range of, of, you know, diamond pythons could potentially be something different. That's why I'm trying to, I'm trying to, yeah,
0: I mean, well, and, and again, it goes back to biogeographical barriers. You did have a biogeographical barrier between where you would, what you would call a, a diamond python and what you would call a, a McDowell occurred in the past.
2: What, there there what? was
0: a um, i'm i'm not recalling the name of I and mean, we've got a lot of detail in the second edition of the complete carpet Python.
2: i'll be very it's interested in soon yeah. <laughs> yeah. because so, i can't think um, of anything that has that distribution pattern in australia
0: and and that's the that's the problem is that or that's what i referred to as um you know the the human in in uh factor where people where that's the most densely populated area of australia and you have a lot of um inter interruptions maybe into those uh biogeographical barriers we we only have a snapshot after you know things have been uh developed and and trees so, have, so, have interrupted those barriers and so they so can you're talking human about flow.
1: human population or you know human cities being potential potential
0: bridges, you know genetic
1: yeah. flow barriers um, no no or-
0: bridges to genetic barriers
2: Okay. Where oh I see. I see. Where they okay.
0: couldn't cross before they can cross after people uh develop those areas. So you're suggesting
2: that. that you're suggesting in the last two hundred and thirty years that we have provided bridges for uh for carpet pythons to reintegrate with each other.
0: Potentially, potentially. That's that's an idea that's you know floating around. A, and, a and hypothesis has, has some has some so, yeah, it's a hypothesis that has some um some support, I guess you'd say.
2: I'd be very interested yeah. in reading the support. Yeah, for
0: that yeah. and um, I guess that's the the problem. We probably should have the show after the book was put out, so we can hear. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give away too much, but you know, uh, you know the the um, different biogeographical barriers, different uh, um, other biotic factors um, come this, into account, or abiotic factors rather.
2: Yeah. So I'll, t- I'll touch on, you know. Uh, anthropogenic movement of species, I suppose, if you will, is probably the best way to describe in regards to carpet pythons. So carpet pythons have a long history, certainly in Australia, of when people were farming, they would use carpet pythons as rat control in their farm sheds, right? So Mm. the farmer would come across a a carpet python, he'd take it to his his shed, stick it in the shed, and that would hopefully control the rats and mice. Now, when that mm. farmer sold up and he moved to from one part of New South Wales or Queensland to another part of New South Wales or Queensland, he'd go and catch Barry the carpet python, and he would then take it with him and release it in his new shed. Okay, <laughs> now uh. and effectively translocate, and translocate <laughs> things around. Um, sure. There's a, a reasonable history of that going on and yeah.
0: the fact that carpets adapt very well to human interruption you know if they if they're planting trees you'll find carpets very close to human habitation i mean man if you carpets I in, if you got an attic, you can Garwin. find them in there yeah i mean yeah. what One-third of addicts in darwin have a carpet but,
2: yeah <laughs> carpet so. pythons live in every second house in in <laughs> yeah. South points yeah. Queensland. Yeah. so you know
0: exactly. and you go out bush and it's a little harder to to find them yeah in, i found more carpet, carpet porters
2: I, I think we're up to 16 or 17 different individual <laughs> carpet pythons that have cruised through our backyard in the 10 years yeah. of we've been So, you know, it's yeah. Yeah, it, it's nuts. But I suppose the point that I'm making is is that there is some evidence of, change, of, of people moving animals around. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily demonstrate that they're going to cause a speciation event or, or anything like that. What I'm talking about is... I'm not seeing any amalgamation or separation between the animals that in the intergrade zone, for, for lack of a better term, between mm-hmm. Spilota and McDowell. Mm-hmm. I don't see it. I, I don't see it and I've been I've caught a shitload of carpet pythons slash diamond pythons in that part of the world over the years and seen a hell of a lot of them and I don't see the difference. Now, I'm not saying that because I don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. hmm but what I'd like to do or what I'd like to understand is what you guys are saying that I'm not. <laughs> no, I, I
0: mean, I, 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 uh, and that's I what agree with is. you. And that's been a, a bit of a frustration is to get kind of that delimitation of where the, you know, integrate zone exists. But I guess what, I'm, you know, back to the Sea of Aglia paper, I look at that and I say, they're there, there's some differences in genetics, whether it's two genes or what, whatnot. There still is some indication that they're fairly divergent from other carpet pythons. And and it, I mean, and it kind of goes readily, back to the
1: it goes back to the measure, right? I mean, it, phenotypically, yeah. if we if, if you're talking phenotypically, I would probably go hundred percent with what Scott's saying because he's probably looked at way more of them than you know any yeah. either of us have could possibly see, right? But if you're talking genetically. I mean, I, I, I don't know how, you know, how well that's been studied. You know, I, I'm just, you know. That's kind yeah. of what's
0: leading my thoughts in that regard is that the, this genetic analysis, the, the, you know, for better or worse, the best one we have at this point shows that diamonds have a fairly divergent genotype.
2: And that I mean, they, and they, that they, they are brittle. They're brittlely, or they
0: they align closely. So with what brettles, you're saying
2: yeah. is that brittlely <laughs> should be sunk into spolator. That's what you're telling us right now. If you're going to no, no. use the is, genetics, hang on, what I'm going to You've got to use it <laughs> both ways, right? Well,
0: no, 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 because I'm I'm saying genetics aren't everything, but right. there's something right so there uh, is an so indication of differences you that's why you have so eyes because if you also. well no if you look at the genetics and that's all you look at then you would say yeah they're the same thing but if you have eyes and you know where they live then you can say no genetics aren't everything it's it's something but it's not everything so Yeah, they're divergent from other carpets, but are they brettily? Of course not. Are they, you know, is there any gene flow between them and brettily? Of course not. So why are they so aligned? Why are they so separated from other carpets?
1: But genetically, you know, by the measure that they're looking at genetically through time, you know, those genes, what you're looking at is is the divergence of those genes over time, right? And maybe not all genes diverge at the same rate, not the measure or so. Exactly. You know, it it is uh, again, you know, clearly it says what it says, and that is something, but maybe not the whole story. Yeah, is that fair to say? I mean, and so, and and part of a measure, but maybe not the whole measure. It's all in
0: good fun to debate, yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, you know, but I would say there's some indication that diamonds are a little different than other carpets. If Bredily are different than other carpets, then diamonds are a little bit different too, in that same way. Not saying that they're the same thing or they, you know, they have gene flow, but they are
2: they are different. So if if that was the case, then you would be sinking you would retain the name McDowell and sink McCarthy into McDowell. Why would why would that why Well would actually would you sink them all away? into Shanoi Because Shaney is the <laughs> oldest name.
0: Well, and in, okay, so I'll go back to. So if we're going to, um, if we go, whatever. if we go with
2: that, if we're suggesting uh-huh. that, all right, if we're suggesting that, that all of the, that diamonds are a distinct species and uh-huh. that Breadley is a distinct species, then the animals that are, that include what is, what is known as McCarthy, Shaney, uh, and McDowell Eye, should go to the oldest available name, all right? The oldest available name for all of those by page priority is Shaney. So then McDowell goes, McCarthy goes.
0: I'm not sure how you came to that conclusion from what I'm saying. (laughs) I lost- No, 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 so so you've
2: got to use page priority of the earliest available name for that node. There, okay, right. so, so the earliest so it, I guess the, it, the highest thing on the page, Marillia Shane mm, I came before Marillia mm, McDowell. Okay. All right. And McCarthy was described in uh, was described in 1985 versus the other ones described in 83. Mm. So the oldest so, available name for that group would be Shaney.
0: So you're saying if if Spolota are a different species than the carpets to the north? Then you'd have to apply the name, would be
2: Shaney, not McDowell Eye, not McCarthy. If they're all, if they all form one, uh, sorry, well, Verigata, Mm -hmm. actually. Verigata is the oldest. Yeah, Verigata is old. Sorry, Verigata is the oldest. oldest, So, Verigata is the oldest name. So, they would all Mm -hmm. become Verigata.
0: And, and, and you know that wouldn't be beyond the realm of belief for me. I mean, if they, they all became subspecies of variegata, uh, I, I'm, I'm cool with that, you know, to yeah. some extent. Which is back, um, back to you... what
2: we used to have, have, have the mess. <laughs> yeah. We used to <laughs> exactly. have them all the variegata. They and were then you could maintain the rice McCarthy and the <laughs> rice jungle yeah. and yeah. the rice McDowley within variegata.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is what yeah. we
2: originally argued. Is that yeah. they should all be races. <laughs>
0: well or or subspecies, or whatever, whatever <laughs> biologically significant term you want to apply doesn't bother me, but you know uh subspecies race, you know, I guess depending on who's doing the taxonomy and mm-hmm. who's describing them, you know so but yeah, definitely a a, a puzzle or a you know a taxonomic conundrum here um. So,
2: and and I think this is why that we see we do see people that sort of go well. Yeah. There's a there's a bit of an issue here, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: and it definitely requires some further scientific. You know, all the stuff that we include in the book is just our musings based on, uh, you know, all the all the information that we're gathering together, being fans of carpet pythons. But that's only hypotheses or ideas, and and anybody can take that and you know delve into the scientific aspect of it. And you know, we're having a taxonomist Warren Booth uh, analyze samples and yep. you know try to. Put our hat in the ring in that regard be, you know bringing him on as a as an actual taxonomist so um i still need to talk to him and see see what's going on that's that's kind of what we're waiting for along with the you know photo layout of the book is is that genetic analysis and where we see things lying but did you just say that warren booth is holding up the carpet book with the photo layout. Wow. Right. 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 But everyone's like, Oh, we want
1: that carpet book. Now it's like, Warren, let's go. I, 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 I
0: will say be That's right. And, 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 you know, granted he he's being held up by the people who are running the genetic samples. So yeah. it's not, you know, no,
1: I'm and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not trying. Uh, you're trying to, I, you're trying to throw
0: Warren under the bus, aren't you? No, I'm oh. not. No, I am
1: not. I, wow. didn't, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that <laughs> yeah, at all. That, thank, all you, I thank you, uh, Scott. That,
2: well, I didn't. I didn't hear that at all. What I heard was that <laughs> that both Chuck and I think that Warren is doing a great service <laughs> oh, no, no. to making sure oh, that he's we, actually being now diligent see in making yeah. his, his. thing. are you suggesting that he's not, Justin? Sna- once, it, once again, once again, my Sna- co-host judgments goes are crap me. judgments. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to get, guess- listen, I bus,
1: make my right. own statements. I make my own statements. <laughs> I cannot help, sir, how you interpret them. <laughs> <laughs> what is this all i right, lose all right. these coin tosses going to and now up. i'm driving buses for a living what the hell
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right well warren <laughs> you're a good man and we appreciate your work <laughs>
1: that's what i'm saying Jeez. i
2: think that's what we're all saying He's has warren yeah that, that's what we're going to close on we're going to suggest that warren is a great bloke that's what yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm i can agree yeah
0: uh, well, this, right. is, this has been a great discussion. I, it has you know, been a great I, discussion. Did, um, I I I know that uh, the the Aussies typically don't like uh, Americans sticking their nose where it doesn't belong, and <laughs> Aussie snakes. but I, disagree. I, I, disagree I appreciate it. your. I, I'm glad to hear that because you know I, I I appreciate the the discussion and the you know the camaraderie that we feel from you. I don't get that sense from you at all. So
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. look, it, I, I suppose. And, you know, our position, and I'll sort of close on this, in that mm-hmm. our position to utilise the position of races as opposed to making subspecific determinations in regards to carpet pythons was based on the, the shallowness of the, the genetic divergence in the populations and based on the how willing the various phenotypes are to interbreed with each other and that the diagnoses of the various species, subspecies was, uh, was not the best, I suppose, uh, and that there was a lot of inference that could be made. And rather than mm-hmm. making a whole heap of inferences, we decided to err on the side of caution and... Yeah suggest that there's some partitioning and there's some divergence there but that more more work needs to be done to actually apply either specific or subspecific names to those particular groups and once that work is completed um, then we we might change our position completely as to (laughs) where these things where these things sit and I think we need to be willing to accept that there is always going to be change with um with greater amounts of evidence and that greater amount of evidence may suggest that things are species or it might actually change our opinion of that and actually made them make them races or subspecies or or just mm-hmm. color variants who knows
0: so, um, <laughs> yeah. well once again dang it scott we we agree on you know more than we should be uh agreeing i guess in a fight club but no i i agree with you that yeah i i think um more work needs to be done and that we we don't have the the best pitcher at the current time there there needs to be a lot of uh, restructuring uh potentially or or just referring to things as races. I think that's reasonable. You know, I don't think that's beyond the realm of, (laughs) of reality. So, um, thanks for, uh, for coming on and for, for this lively discussion, it was really enjoyable and I had a good time. So, um, we, uh, I think this is one of our longer episodes too, which is yeah. not a surprise. I, I, I knew that would probably <laughs> be the case
2: having Scott on. So. Well, I can talk yeah. underwater with a mouthful of marbles, so. <laughs> yeah. and,
0: and I, I probably fall into that category as well. So, but it's yeah, it's uh, definitely a great discussion, and hopefully uh, our listener uh, got got something out of this and and could you know maybe formulate their own opinion. And you know, it's always fun to think about how things could could parse out. And, um, I think the main thing, you know, the, my, I guess my closing statement is, you know, I had this idea of, of what carpet pythons were based on, you know, maybe the Barker book and based on some lineages that we had in the United States and actually going over to Australia and seeing things in the wild or, or gathering photos from a specific area, you see that You know the rules and the ideas that we had about these things were completely off and and you know and and maybe that's the case now with the subspecies well most likely is the case with the subspecies as they are now and uh you know more work needs to be done but i think i think it's a good encouragement to get out there and and herp you know look at stuff in the wild, see stuff in your backyard, even, I mean, getting down to Arizona was a, was a blast and to see some species that I hadn't seen before, um, you know, just a thrill to be able to experience something new. Um, And, you know, the more you do it, the more you can learn and the more you can grow and and develop different ideas and hypotheses. But um, what a, what a fun area to, to spend time thinking about. So (laughs) thanks for, uh, thanks for the enjoyable discussion. Yeah, definitely. If you if you're not enjoying it, if it's if it's slogging through this stuff, you know, if you can't look at some of these papers and get all excited, then you're probably in the wrong area, you know. <laughs> like, and, and granted, some things I get into some papers and it, you know, just kind of goes over my head or I don't I don't get it, so I don't get that excited about it. But this stuff gets me pretty pumped up. So,
2: <laughs> thanks for coming too, on, the, Scott. Though, well, the one thing I think too, I hate the term lumper and splitter. and i'll I'll tell you why right because Uh you know at times i'm a lumper and at times i'm a splitter (laughs) but the the thought the thoughts there is where you you should try and use try and be led by the evidence as opposed to uh making a making a position that you everyone's always going to lump or everyone's always going to split i think people should be open to the thought that things could be split but then they should also be lumped together and not everything should be lumped and not everything should be split fair enough yeah
0: fair i enough, guess i've been yeah. guilty of that yeah i think i was the one that said lumper and split earlier on and and thought of uh, steve Donnellan as a as a lumper <laughs> but uh yeah. i probably yeah. should take that back yeah so um yeah good stuff man thanks for coming on appreciate you being here thanks guys um uh anything else, uh Chuck? No, anything to add? Nope.
1: This was fantastic. I yeah. enjoyed the ride. Thank you. <laughs> even though I was driving the bus, <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed the ride.
0: Yeah. yeah, you didn't even need to split us up or like tell us no, to calm you guys down. Were great. I, mean, <laughs> I I I didn't even need to be here.
1: Actually, was I was nice, on mute. Fight. <laughs> I was on mute telling my cattle dog to shut up because it was over here just yapping <laughs> away, man. Yeah.
0: All right, well, thanks for listening to Reptile Fight Club. We'll be with you again next week, and until then, uh, keep the fight going. Catch you next time, carpet kids.
2: (laughs) Fight Club.